Hello world, and thank you for joining me today. This is Shelley Shearer, and you are listening to the podcast Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda, where if I've experienced it, I'm going to share it with you. If I've learned it, I'm going to tell you about it, and always some education along the way. Good morning world, Shelley Shearer here, and I want to talk today about is it worth it? Now, to lead into that, let me tell you how my weekend worked. So those of you uh, that listen to my podcast regularly know that I moved into a home two and a half years ago that had a rental suite because I have quite acute fibromyalgia and it inhibited my ability to work and be physical and really do much for about a year till I got it under control. And we're very lucky to live on, you know, over half an acre, but the house is older and I live in the basement suite. The renters were already upstairs and we left them there. Well, we gave them their notice and as it turned out, they left a bit early on us, uh, about two months. So we've started the renovations upstairs because I want to live upstairs where there is beautiful big windows looking out over the gardens that I work my butt off on. And to have that light, I don't do well in darkness, um... Just like every other person, I definitely love to uh, hibernate and watch movies and, you know, and be cozy. But in my day-to-day life, I need to be able to entertain. I like open spaces. I'm married to a very large man. He is a foot taller than I am. And the bottom line is he takes up space. So having a galley kitchen like we have now where we both can't be there together really is something that's kind of sad because that used to be something we loved doing together on the weekends. Uh, not having windows that kind of look out and having a brightness and not having a room that's big enough to hold our king-size bed that I have less than two feet on either side where I'm bashing my shin every morning and I'm constantly bruised. (laughs) These seem like really little things, but it's funny the stuff that we let ourselves get hung up on. So anyways, the question, the, the, the discussion today is, is it worth it? Because of our situation, we do not just have tens of thousands of dollars lying around in a savings account to pay labor to do every little thing. We're going to do this reno. Uh, It'll certainly not be to the level of the custom built house I built 11 years ago because one, the house here just isn't worth it. It, you know, eventually this, this property will subdivide. I live in the lower mainland of Vancouver. It it just, you just don't get properties like this any longer that are this large, so close to town. And the house was built in 1957. And although the basement has been fully renovated and the house has a lot of great new features, upstairs is still, you can see the original to it. You know what? And we're just not prepared to drop a few hundred thousand dollars to, to change it into something spectacular. I want to work with the character of the home and keep the look. The house is also white, which is, I may seem, depending on where you live and listen to me, may seem normal for you. But where I live on the west coast of uh, BC, we are very much into craftsmen, a lot of natural woods and oaks and cedars. It's what we live in. So my old home, although had a certain, you know, formality to it, it also had a very welcoming feel to it with wood floors, wood, wood trim, and a big wood beamed porch. That is a style that is very West Coast for us here. So, you know, we don't do that Santa Fe look. We don't do the uh, Mediterranean look. We just have too much rain. Stucco is not a good a good building product up here. That sort of thing, okay? But this home was built many years ago, and you don't see many white houses any longer. So it is actually kind of unique, and it's nestled amongst huge cedar trees, so a lot of greenery, and the house sort of stands out. Once I paint the front door red, I think it'll look quite fabulous. However, I want to stay true to that. So just like when I built my house 11 years ago or designed my house 12 years ago, I had certain building restrictions. My house couldn't be taller than the homes on either side of me. 
and it was on a bit of a slope heading downhill so I could go two stories on one side next to that neighbor but I could only go one story on the other side and I did a slope ceiling to the illusion to have that illusion of a vaulted ceiling that sort of thing well this is very similar I I want to stay true to the nature of the home and not be too modern also because it's very white and you know gray accents and such the craftsman you know that country cottage look would look ridiculous in my home it just it absolutely would not match anything super modern wouldn't look really good either I'm looking for that medium road anyway so I'm sort of nattering about that I apologize but I want to stay true to the feel of the home and make the best of what we have that being said as well a lot of the labor we're being we're doing ourselves you know with some friends and some kids in the neighborhood and I'm work basically I'm working my husband to the bone you just like, well, he's just like one big job jar. That's the point of this. Sunday, it was so exciting. Saturday, I went shopping, picked up all my tile samples. And part of Friday, I was exhausted. But so excited on Sunday that we both were able to be home. And we went to work tearing up everything. So seven hours of hard labor. All the laminate came up. All the moldings came off. We dismantled the kitchen, started take, uh, jacking up the, the tile floor in the kitchen because I'm putting all new engineered vinyl uh, hardwood looking floors in cherry all through the house. It's a look that really matches the white on white of this home and the old fashioned recessed ceilings that has a bit of texture. Like I say, this house has a definite 1950s, 1960s feel to it. And I want to modernize it with, with while keeping that same uh, feel and also not doing, you know, $50,000 of structural changes. We're just going to work with what we've got. But there's certain things that will be bang for the buck, you know, that will draw the eye if we have the floors running through the entire home in one tone, things like that. Well, it was exciting. I had the tunes blaring. I'm singing off key at the top of my lungs. I am dancing. I am working like a dog. And I'm thinking, I am so going to pay for this later. And I did. So by the time we stopped at, I don't know, five, six o'clock at night, uh, maybe closer to seven, it's hard to say, we sat out on our new deck amongst literally three truckloads of, of laminate piled on the deck that's being hauled away tomorrow. And we're just so grateful to sit in the sunshine with a cool drink and look down over our new garden and just, it was just so lovely to be in the sun. But we were sore and hurting. So where am I going with this? Yesterday, I completely crashed. I could hardly get out of bed. The pain in my legs was excruciating. So with fibromyalgia with overactive nerves, we unfortunately, our autoimmune system and our central nervous system shuts down when we overdo it. And that's just the deal. That is the deal of living with this disease. And everyone has an issue. You know what? Nobody's life is perfect and no one's running around really with no handicap. In fact, when I wanted to speak on this today, I open up the meditation book that I quote from so often and today's what was the subject? What's your handicap? And I thought, you've got to be kidding. The universe just always aligns for me. So some handicaps are physical, certain limitations placed on our bodies like mine. Other handicaps are emotional, burdens of heartache from sad or abusive childhoods. A lot of us carry those things as well. Others may be dealing with current issues, perhaps facing a terminal illness or grieving an irreparable loss. These are things that we all deal with. The question is dealing with them and also working around them to a certain extent or paying the price to have what you want. So here's the deal. There are numerous ways of paying the price. For me, I was hoping 
I could be functioning yesterday. I wasn't. It had to be a write-off for work. You know, by four or five o'clock in the evening, I was up and rested and I cleaned the house. Okay, that chore had to get done. But there was no book work. There was no coursework. There was... There was nothing else to do with my businesses that could get done yesterday. I literally just had to accept that my body needed to rest and heal because I had pushed it right to the limits of his endurance on Sunday. And I really did. Like I say, it doesn't matter. Anyway, so was that worth it? Oh, God, yes, it was. It just so was worth it. There is, excuse me, nothing that can take away that memory of Sunday of me dancing and working on my new home or my new space. It's still been here two and a half years. That new space and watching my vision come to life. Nothing, nothing. I would pay almost any price to have a day like that. If I had to be in bed for two full days, maybe even three, I still think it would have been worth it. Now, there are some things I have to make choices about my career to say, I have to hire someone to do something because I can't be down for days on end. You know, I still have to work. People, you know, still rely on me and I can't just not be there for those people in my life. But when you can make that sacrifice and know that the joy is there, then to me it's worth it. And maybe there's things in your life you're holding back on that you don't think the price is worth it or you have not even ever thought about it. You just subconsciously say no. Now, here's where other things come into play with this. My son learned this lesson. He was always a bit of a bit of a cheapskate. Now, I'm very good with money. I, I just am. My, my, my parents, my father taught me how to be good with money. We learned to do the, you know, live on your 70, 80, 70% of your income. You, you give 10% to charity. You save 10, you invest 10. It's a very basic principle. And uh, actually, Jim Rohn teaches it very well in some of his old audio tapes. If you've ever get a hold of those, he's quite brilliant at it. And um, I think The Art of Extraordinary Living is the, is the e-book e that I'm listening to right now. But I was raised with that. Even though I come from a family, I'm 52 years of age. I come from a family in the 60s and 70s where it was kind of taboo to talk about money in North America. That's, you know, these people are coming post-war and uh, it just, it was kind of considered a dirty subject. Well, luckily it wasn't in my household. We were taught, which was spectacular. And my father was self-employed um, at 40 years of age onward. And so again, we saw, I saw business operated in my life and what that looked like day to day, the sacrifices that were made and then the lifestyle that was purchased, you know, after a decade of hard work. These are things that I got to witness firsthand, just like my parents love for each other. We were able to witness that firsthand. They're quite an extraordinary couple and adore each other even today in their 70s. My parents still hold hands, still kiss. My father still tells her she's the most beautiful woman in the world. I was witness to these sorts of things. I was, and I consider that such a fortunate experience growing up. Okay. But I digress. So I was fortunate enough to understand and be taught money and I've taught it to my son, but he was a bit miserly. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. And he didn't think that experiences were worth spending money on. Now, when I talk about, is it worth it? The question you have to ask yourself is what is worth it to you? Because everyone is different. I was talking to one of my coaches a few weeks ago and we were talking about buying a good bottle of wine to him and I paying $50, sometimes even a hundred to put, lay something down and, and watch it mature, wait for it to mature on our shelf and enjoy that experience one night with an amazing meal or a friend or a spouse. That is a wonderful experience and we will drop that money. I love to travel. And to me, that is always money well spent to see how other people live, to experience other cultures, to go and relax by a Caribbean sea. Uh, I just love to cruise actually where I get to, and that's why Vegas is always fun for me as well because I get to dress up and not, you know, just 
live a life that's a little bit of a fantasy almost. And I love it. I absolutely love it. And those things are worth me working hard and saving my money for. Other people, they do need a certain amount of security. And I do as well, but not to that extent. I live with a huge amount of faith that things will come and they always do. Some people really just need that money in the bank and before they spend any of it. And that is fine as well. The question is, what is it worth it to you? There's people that have to own a home. I do. I'm one of those people. I feel fiscally in North America, especially, you're absolutely ridiculous not to own a home. Um, it is, especially where I live, in fact, where that money is secure to a certain extent. I know the, you know, in the States, it's a little different where there's been huge recessions and housing prices fell out. We were very lucky in Canada that didn't happen to that extent. And we have a lot of foreign influence here. So housing prices stay fairly high and fairly constant. But I, I believe in paying off something that one day will be equity. That's why I'm a big believer in owning a second property. Someone's rent is paying that equity. Even if the equity goes down, someone else has still paid for that asset for you. So there are things that you can do that will give you a lot of security and so that you can still have freedom. So the question is, what is it worth it to you? Is travel your thing? Do you need money in the bank? Do you need, like to go for a good meal? Do you want to have amazing educations for your children? Do you... Do you want to spend two days in bed after you rip up hard, uh, cheap lemon and flooring for, two, for uh, seven hours? These are all things. Is it worth it to go back to school for you, to have that knowledge, to have a piece of paper, to feel that satisfaction, to do better in your career? These are all things you need to ask yourself. Is it worth it? The problem, unfortunately, with human nature is our subconscious is trying to do one thing and our mind, which wants to run our world and our ego, has a different plans. And often they are not on the same page and not to our benefit. So that's something to really be aware of. Is your mind, your intellectual mind, overriding your emotional state? And is your ego running rampant? And if you are listening to this going, what is she talking about? I would definitely give that some thought. Because if you don't understand what I'm saying, I'm pretty going to be pretty darn assured that your ego and mind is running the show and you are unaware of it. So be aware. That is why I talk about not living in regret and having awareness in your life. Does it change your life? Maybe not to someone looking in, but it will for you. It's sort of like ignorance. You know, the term ignorance is bliss. Once you know something, you can't unknow it. Once you experience something, you can't unexperience it. It's too late. That is now part of your perception of the world around you and your knowledge about your inner self. It is part of the makeup that makes you who you are. So always be learning. Always expand. Don't make rest and relaxation a goal. Make it a re... uh, It's more like a reward or a state of being. It's part of living in the now. You want to enjoy in the now where you are. Enjoy your work. Enjoy the times, good and bad. It's not what happens to you, it's what you do and feel about it that is really within your control. There's lots of things in your life that are just going to be out of your control. And speaking of uh, this meditation about your handicap, many of us are living with handicaps of all different sorts. Some will change over time, but others won't. If that's the case, stop waiting for your handicap to disappear. I was one of those people that kept saying, for instance, raising my son. I use language like, oh, I'll do this when Ryan's, you know, when I'm 40, when Ryan's raised. I didn't even realize that subconsciously I I put parts of my life on hold and didn't really enjoy being in the now because I was, I had this little 
side goal out there that life would start once I, you know, was done being a mom. Guess what? You're never done being a mom. And then they procreate and you got grandchildren. So I would give up that little fantasy right about now if I were you. Instead, learn to live with it. Work around it. Treat yourself with care and with gentleness. And that is definitely something I've had of my journey the last three and a half years with fibro. It was devastating for me to go from a multitasking, A-type personality that was heavily active, uh, ran a very highly stressed um, position at a a company that I was on contract with, played squash, was captain of the squash team. I, I was never a great player, don't get me wrong, but I just loved being captain. I loved mentoring. I loved playing. I weight trained. I, I was, I just, I was a crazy person in a lot of ways. People always said that about me that I was just always go, go, go to be stopped dead in my tracks within three months with a disease that laid me in bed. It was devastating to my personality and to my psyche and my sense of self. And it's taken a long time to learn to get the healthiest I can be and work around it. Because in the end, my personality really isn't going to change. I'm always going to be an A-type personality and I'm always going to be get it done. So our renter gave us, you know, didn't really give us notice, ended up moving out, uh, you know, almost two months early, but mid-month this month. Well, in the two weeks or 10 days since she's been gone, actually, she's really only been moved out for one solid week. She was cleaned out last Tuesday. I have ripped out the house, ordered the flooring, picked out the countertop, have the tiles, color consultants arriving here in about 30 minutes to pick up my paint colors. My painter's been here. The gas fitter's been here, removed everything gas, and the plumber's been here. (laughs) Yahoo! That's all I can say. Yeah, in one week. So even though legally I'm entitled to keep her damage deposit because she needed to pay rent to the end of the month, Keith and I are like, no, don't bring that karma on ourselves. Give back the damage deposit. She paid her rent to the 16th and we literally have accomplished so much. We just don't want to track that into the universe because really we have benefited now from her, from her leaving early and it's not fair to make her or whomever pay for that. That's how we feel about it anyways. We're legally entitled to keep it, but my goodness, what we've accomplished in this week has been amazing. And I'm not about to, you know, kick that gift horse in the mouth and attract negative anything after that. So that part of my personality is never going to change, illness or not. What I had to do was learn to be more gentle with myself. I cannot multitask like I used to. And I have to book time where I have to ask my brain to shut down now. I need you to step aside. You and my ego need to go rest because I don't need you right now. I know this might seem a little airy-fairy. But honestly, I literally just lie down and ask everyone to please be quiet right now because my body just needs to reboot and I need to be gentle with myself. Because I know that I'm going to get up and do it again. And I sort of talk to my mind and my ego and say, hey, I'll let you back tomorrow or in a couple hours and you can go full on. But right now I need you all to just go rest and let me rest. (laughs) I know it seems a bit hoo-hoo, but I got to say it works. At least it works for me. And I do what I need to do health-wise and supplement-wise to keep myself operating as best as I can. So despite living with a handicap, go ahead and treat yourself to life. And sometimes for me, for instance, that might be that second glass of wine. I pay for alcohol nowadays. It's just, unfortunately, it doesn't sit well with my, with my system. I rarely feel like it, even though I have a third year YSET education trust uh, ticket and I love, you know, food and I love wine. I have to say no to certain things and treat myself when 
I feel that the damage will be least, I will enjoy it the most, and I won't have huge repercussions. Okay, these are all things that you should seriously think about. And these are kind of some of the things that I talk about in the 135 rule. I listed like three things in that last sentence about reactions to having too much wine or having wine at all. That would be like rule three. What are the three consequences of the decision that you're about to make? Okay, what is the outcome? Are you willing to live with it? These are the types of things I want you to stand back and think about when you're making decisions about, uh, you know, what you want to partake in in your life. If there's areas that you want to splurge, overdo it one day or, or strive for, there are always a consequence. Every, you know, react, uh, every action has an equal or greater reaction. You need to be aware of that. But you also just, I truly believe you just cannot let all your handicaps hold you back. There is much that you can do in this life. And I feel that I am blessed that I'm accomplishing a lot. I'm able to share with all of you and uh, work towards, you know, a, a different goals in my life. Whereas lots of people with diseases just, just call it a day and, and live in that victim mode. And I don't want you to do that. I want you to be amazing no matter what your circumstances are. You were put on this earth for a reason. And I want you to rejoice in that. All right. I think that's all I have to say today. Uh, everyone have a spectacular day. I'm heading off to the sun for two weeks. There's a good chance I may not podcast while I'm gone. Or if I do, I won't post it till I get back as I won't have computers with me. And I will catch you all on the flip side. Take care, everyone, and have a great day. Thank you for joining me here today. And if you subscribe to my podcast, you won't miss a thing. Remember to focus on not living in regret. You can reach me on Twitter at livingwell8 or email me at livingwellwithshell at gmail.com. Let me know what you like best about today's podcast, leave a review on iTunes, or leave me a message on something you'd like me to speak on next. Have a great day, everyone.